Thank you, Church. We have missed you. Maybe seated. I've talked about you all around the world. I've absolutely loved your worship. Come back today and just come fit right into it. And uh, you, it, love your, your leaders. They're awesome. And, uh, Jude and I have been just so blessed by you as a family. And, uh, I feel rather loaded this morning. I want to cry. <laughs> That's not because I'm burdened, but I sense the presence of the Almighty. I'm going to ask us to do something this morning that I, I do it quite frequently when I come to churches because I, who knows, we live in a very, the atmosphere you live in is busy, busy, busy. And I find oftentimes that that business of the atmosphere on the outside of you actually has a tremendous influence on in how much you receive from God and how much you don't receive from God. And I was cross, I was I was going across to my church one morning uh, about two years ago, I think it was, and God said, "I want you to mentor uh, two men." And uh, that takes away two men who I who didn't were unaware of what they're each doing, came and asked me to mentor them. One guy was about six foot six, a big tall guy and a, a very successful business guy. And then he walked through the door. I, all I could see that he was carrying the world in his head, carrying everything in his head. I said, I said you're, you're carrying the world in your head, aren't you? He said, yes, that's right. I said, well, we're going to give it all to Jesus. I said, I want you to put your hands down. I want you to put all your responsibilities into your arms. We're going to give them to Jesus. I mean, your, your money, your job, your kids, your marriage. We're going to hand it all over, over to Jesus. I said, are you ready? He said, yes, I'm ready. I said, so I said, when I say I'm going to go 210, when I say zero, just drop your arms. He went 210. I went, I went 210. I said, drop it. Well, he couldn't. He was so used to carrying everything on his own shoulders. He, his elbows were almost touching the ground, six foot six bent over, and he was carrying all the weight. I shouted at him. I said, let go! And just the fact that I had a change of tone, he kind of shocked him. He stood up. And I said, where's everything now? He says, down in front of me. I said, turn around. I was out the back porch, a patio, and I said, okay, now walk away to the fence. Walk towards the fence. And he walked away to the fence, and as, I, as he walked over the fence, I, I'm sure I heard this guy crying. And just as, as I was singing, they turned around and tears were running down his face. That would be two years ago. He's never been in that same place ever since. He's learned how to let Jesus carry everything. He's learned how to let things go. 
His doctor had a broken neck. <laughs> he prayed for his doctor and his doctor got healed. I'm saying this because I know what I'm like. And I'm average Joe Bloggs. We want to carry stuff that we ought to give to Jesus. Come on. He said, his burden's light, his yoke is easy. I said, his burden's light. His yoke is easy. You either... He either means it or he doesn't mean it. The word's either true or it's false. But we're wasting our time if we're not taking it true. And I've actually worked it out. I think we've got a lot of followers of Jesus, but not many disciples. Followers are religious. We read the word, we, we, we develop principles, but we don't get transformed. And I'm here today because I know that this journey for this house is a journey of transformation. From glory to glory, he changes us. Religious people don't get transformed. You get transformed by the power of God coming. But I believe we need to learn how to let go so why don't we all just stand here for a minute? And I understand I'm on on uh, live TV this morning, so I'll try and remember to not do what I usually run around everywhere. I want you put I hold your arms out in front of you. I want you to put all your responsibilities as an act of as an act of faith. We're going to hand all our responsibilities over to Jesus. Children, workloads, family pressures. His burden is light. His yoke is easy. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. We're living in this age that wants to fill up our life. But right now, we're going to hand everything over to Jesus. I thank you for your presence this morning, Father. Three, two, one, zero. Drop your arm. You don't have a right to pick it up again. You've got no right to pick up what you've just dropped. Jesus got your problem. Jesus got the responsibility. You're going to let him care for you. You're going to live in the grace that he's given you. You couldn't get more loved by God than anyone else. In the, he could not love you more than what he's loving you right now. I said he can't, he can't love you more. You've got God's full attention. So no picking this stuff up. God bless you. you. May be seated. It might end up being a bit of a 
Higgly Piggly morning. But I just want to read this to you. This is Psalm 62. Verses 1. One of the greatest things that happened to me that when the pandemic came, it took me off the road. We've been traveling for 25 years, 10 months of the year. And so we're in this, in this cycle of, of traveling and suddenly I'm off the road and I'm not able to go anywhere and it made me reevaluate. Re but I had an encounter with, I've had an encounter with God that, that I must share with you. Because I've never heard anyone in, in, in my 50 years of Christianity ever preach on this matter of waiting on God. Never heard a message on waiting on God. But if I look back at the, some of the forefathers, it was, their, it, was their, it was their message. We live in a world of busyness, programs, projects. I want to read this, please. I want you to hear me. I'm at the age now where I don't really particularly want to preach to people who don't want to hear me. <laughs> I should have five people who, who want to learn from me, take them somewhere and preach to a bunch of people who just go to church because that's what you do. Who can hear what I'm saying? This thing's real for me. Cost me too much. I don't want to waste time. I want, to use, I want to use what years have got left to really make something happen. If I can make it happen one or two lives, it's worth it. I woke up, woke up a few, three months ago. And first thing I thought of, Fergus, you're 77. That's only three years away from being 80. I freaked the hell out of myself. <laughs> That's old. And I know some here that are smiling at me because they're older than that. <laughs> so I want to make life count. I want you to make life count. I'm reading this because I believe this is, this is going to help you go, go somewhere. This is Psalm 1962, verses 1. Truly my soul silently waits for God. Truly my soul silently waits for God. Your mind, will, and emotions wait for God. It waits on God. It doesn't have to speak to God. You wait for God. You wait on the Spirit of God to catch up with you. Silence is one of the greatest ways you can ever catch the Spirit of God. Just let God catch up with you. Let the Spirit of God catch up with you. And I found as I began to learn to, have you tried to keep your head quiet for five minutes? For some people, that's almost a miracle if they can do it. 
It was, <laughs> I, I wasn't making a very good job of it. It took a long time to practice just keeping my head out of it, keeping conscious of the Spirit of God. Just, Holy Spirit, it's you. I, I wait on you, Holy Spirit. I wait on the Spirit of God. I clothe myself in the Spirit of God. I wait for you, Lord. I'm proudly, I can proudly say I can do it for an hour now. Probably a bit longer if I had to. I don't always have to wait. Sometimes the prison God turns up in five minutes. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. Sometimes it's half an hour. Sometimes an hour. But I'm not going anywhere until the Spirit of God turns up. Who can hear me? He's my helper, He's my revelator. I have found by waiting and not asking, the Spirit of God has read my needs and I've walked into my needs without asking. How does that work? The Spirit of God knows what I have need of. He's with me on this one. I believe that this is a word from God for you. Teach yourself to wait on the presence of God. I'm not saying there's not room for petitions and asking, but we have made room for waiting on God. Most people have not made room for waiting. All right, now that's just, that's not my message. Now I'm going to start preaching my message. Who? He is thirsty. Who knows I'm quoting from somewhere? Isaiah 55. Oh, I want your attention. This, this is a prophet. This is Isaiah prophesying something like 800 years before Jesus turns up. He's got some inside information. He says, Isaiah is prophesying, I want your attention. I want to invade your thinking. I want to get down the corridors of your mind. Stay with me on this. Is there a light that comes down straight? Am I out of the way? I, just, just, I don't know if I can. Hang on, just I'll turn up here a little bit. Sorry about this guy. What he's saying here, I'm going to read the scripture. How everyone that thirsts, let him come to the waters, and you have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come and buy without any, uh, sorry, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. The verse 2 says, why do you spend money for what you do not, oh, 
I'm in trouble with this light factor here somewhere. There we are. Why do you spend money for what is, what is <laughs> which is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me. Eat what is good, and your soul shall delight itself in abundance. In other words, he's saying, what are we doing? Spending time and money on things that don't satisfy. It's a big issue with God. Particularly in the time that we're living. Because we know that the atmosphere is absolutely loaded with, with deception to take you away, to take your eyes away from that which really does satisfy us. It's the design of the enemy to take your attention. And Isaiah is speaking 800, more than 800 years before Christ was born, saying, oh, listen, listen, church. I want to invade the corridor of your mind. I want to get inside your, inside your head. We know, of course, we know that, that milk and, and wine speaks of I'm really struggling with this. Yeah, made my glass. Oh, Judy, you've never cleaned my glasses for me this morning. It's her fault. No, it's not. She cleans them. He says, come to the waters. You have no money? Just come and acquire. Come and get your, your, your wine. speaks of happiness. It speaks of milk. speaks of 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 health and growth. You just come without money. Why are we spending on stuff that's not satisfying? I want to go straight to get to the heart of this thing in the book of Ecclesiastes here for a moment. I'm taking you on a quick journey to the person, the man himself that has been given riches, Possessions and honor, so that he has. Oh, mate. So he lacks nothing, yet, if God does not give him the power to or the capacity to enjoy it, then it's, which is a gift of God, it is all vanity, empty, false, futile. The Amplified Bible says it is a sore affliction. See, this is the point. I, I meet Christians all over the place. I've divided the church into two, into two groups, followers and disciples. Disciples get the principles and make it work. Followers go around listening but have no transformation in them. That's the difference. The power of God is present to transform our lives. The Holy Spirit wants to invade right from the first day I visited the church. This is, this is the Holy Ghost house. And God wants to use this house to demonstrate his glory and his power. But it comes through you. It comes through individuals. I said it comes through individuals. 
And there's no one more loved than you. God is love. He can't love you any more than He's loving you right now. I'm looking at the people that God wants to invade with His presence and power so that your satisfaction is not found in stuff outside of the kingdom of God that's within you. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I said it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You were born into God's world. You belong in his world. You are, you are not a citizen. If you're born again, you're a citizen of heaven. You're not an Australian citizen. Come on. If you want dual citizen, you're gonna, if you want dual citizenship, you're going to run into trouble. I'm going to stick with my Australian citizenship, thanks. Who can hear me? Why? Because of the provision. There's an invasion. In fact, as I, was in the, I felt in, in the service, first thing, first thing I thought was that there's a, there's, a, there's a war in the heavens right now. And it's about God. It's about God preparing the church for an invasion. The church is going to invade the world. Not the, not the world invading the church, which has been the way it's been. And it's got nothing to do with numbers. It's who's thirsty. It's, I said, it's who's thirsty. It's who remains thirsty. It's who can, who can contend with the, with the opposition. Who's going to anchor themselves to the kingdom? Who's going to live in the kingdom? Who, who's really going to anchor themselves to that? Because that's where you're going to remain thirsty. You know, food is, in the natural, the more food you eat, the less hungry you get. In the Bible, the more you eat, the more you want. The more you drink, the more you want. It works for me that way. So I'm suggesting that as much as I love the atmosphere of this house and the, and the spiritual roots, of, there's another dimension for every one of us here today. There's another dimension of the dimension of the Spirit of God to evade us, to clothe us. I'm sure I've preached it here before. What was it about Gideon? He said, I'm the least of my father's house, I'm the least of my father's household, yet God clothed him with the power of God. Japheth was the son of a harlot. His two brothers threw him out of home. He was a nobody. But God clothed him and he judged Israel. 
Come on, church. I've seen my dilemma is that I've seen more kids used by the power of God than I have my adults in my 25 years on the road. I've seen five-year-olds get their grandpa healed when the grandpa wouldn't pray for his grandson because there's something wrong with him. The grandson got healed and then prayed for his grandfather and he got healed. How did that happen? Five-year-olds carrying the Spirit of God. Five-year-old drunks carrying the power of God. That's an invasion of the Spirit. No question asked. Well, I've got a five-year-old saying, put your hand on this boy and say this after me. What I've received, I can give it away. If I haven't got it, I can't give it, but I've got it, so I give it. You know, it's a blow on him. And a 15-year-old boy got prayed on by a five-year-old boy. The 15-year-old boy, 15 boy got thrown three or four rows of chairs down the aisle. Crash landed. No catcher. Lies on the floor for 20 minutes in front of his, then gets up in front of his peers. I was prophesying over 300 kids in a school. This, this 15 year old kid jumps up and starts dancing. I'm healed, I'm healed. That was a five year old child. Come on. There's an invasion of the presence of the power of God that's going to come to any person that's thirsty. But as we say, as we read from Ecclesiastes, if you don't understand that all apart from God is vanity and futile and empty, the world can build its bigger bonds. Come on, church, but it's not going to profit anybody. I, I had a I remember in my church in the eastern suburbs, I had one of the most successful business guys, he didn't, he didn't want to know me, except he got so depressed that he'd bought a ticket to go and see some very well-qualified psychologist in America, but he's too fearful to get on the plane. So he had to come and see Ferg. Unfortunately, I didn't have any degrees in psychology to help him. But we had the word of God. And over a year, and the power of God on his life, he got set free. That's your job. Come on, church, that's your job. Smile at me, please. I said, that's your job. And there's a confidence it's, if you say, I don't have the confidence, that means you haven't got enough Holy Ghost on you yet. As if you don't feel the confidence to do it, it's because there's not enough Holy Ghost on you. When the Spirit of God gets on you, He changes all that. That's why I know there's something got to happen yet. When I see the Holy Spirit get on people, I see them do things. Goodness me, is that the time already? All right. 
I'm going to see what's important because I want the Holy Ghost to do something here this morning. Who knows the story? I'm sure you know the story of what happened at the pool of Bethesda, which means the house of grace, by the way. This guy spends years trying to get down to the pool because he knew that if he got in the pool, he'd get healed. But he could never get down there. There's no one to help him. Jesus turns up, and the first thing that happens is that he gets healed. Why? Because the anointing turned up. And I go through story after story in the Bible. When the anointing turns up, you're able to do something. <laughs> they took me to my first church. My pastor died. And they thought I was the next, they thought I had a similar heartbeat that he had. So I had a logging business. I hadn't been to Bible college. It was back in 1967 or something. Sorry, what was that? Oh, 77. I'm telling fibs. It didn't help that I that I I'm taking this church over, and the guy that introduced me to, to the church says, he's taking introducing me to the church, he says, Can you preach? I said, I don't know. That freaked him out, I can tell you. You've got to ask. He said, well, I'll tell you what he said. I'll, I'll preach and then you say something after me. So he was covering his butt, wasn't he? So he gave me this. And as I took the microphone, I felt the Spirit of God get on me and I began to speak. And after I finished, he said, I thought you said you couldn't preach. I said, I didn't know I could. The Spirit of God turned up. My first meeting, I had 40 people. My pastor had gone to plant the church and it lasted about a year. He got 40 people. And there was 40 people in the room. And in the middle of my 20-minute preach, that's as long as I could preach, a little Scotsman ran off the street. And he says, the doctor sent me here. I've got brain damage, liver damage. I'm an alcoholic. And he says, he says, I'm, the doctor told me I'm dying and you're the only people in this town that can help me. So I prayed for him. Back in those days, falling over was a bit of a phenomenon. He falls over. Everyone's gone home. Jude and I are still hanging around for him to get off the floor so he could lock the building up and go home ourselves. Finally, he gets up on the floor and says, I'm healed. I said, well, you better go and tell the doctor that because I wouldn't have a clue. He came back two weeks later with a letter from the doctor affirming they had been completely healed. I can tell you, it, it wasn't this bushy boy that had it. He had something on him. The next second week I went along, I walked past 20 people. I wasn't even looking. I was walking past. And they, I looked around, they're all falling over, they all fell over. That freaked me out, I can tell you that. I was, you know, I stopped and I thought, what am I going to do? Half the church was on the floor. 
That's my second week. My third week. I turned up and there's a, a woman in a red coat, that's what I remember. And she, came, she was coming, flying through the air like a rugby tackle. She was literally coming through the air with a red grabbing around the ankle. And I thought, I thought, well, this must be a demon. I knew nothing about demons. Or maybe a little bit. Enough to say that must be a demon. I commanded something to come out of her. She fell on the floor, exhaled all the air in her lungs, lay there like a dead person. I thought, what have I done to her? She got sent free. At the end of that meeting, there's a Church of England vicar who had, had retired from Singapore, the cathedral, and retired to Aratown and was looking after this little bunch of people. Some of his people had come around to talk to my pastor, my, my, my former pastor who had died, and he gave them some, some questions that they couldn't answer. They went around to answer their, ask their, their vicar he couldn't answer. He came around and he liked the group so much he joined us, resigned from the Anglican Church and joined this little group. He came up to me after this, after that, the demon came out of this woman. He said, he says, there's no doubt in my mind that God called you to be the pastor of this church. Was I relieved or not? I had no, I, I remember saying, Judy, I don't have a, if anyone died, I wouldn't have a clue. I was only there two weeks and someone died. So he's going to help me get the, we got him under the ground. Anyway, why have I said all this? I'm saying I was desperate for the power of God. And I'm still desperate for the power of God. I live a desperate life. And we've got to live desperate lives. As believers, we live desperate lives. You don't belong to you. Do you want to belong to this world and the world is the way it is? I just want to belong to his world. We've got access to change things. With the power of God's on me to change. There's an anointing on this place tonight, today. And, and it's got nothing to do with age. Can I pray for you both? Come both, let me pray with you both. I'm just going to let the power of God do what he wants to do. This is, this is the word of knowledge that I had. All you've got to do Stop and acknowledge somebody and they feel your heartbeat. There's a warmth in your spirit. There's a, there's a willingness to, to, in, to, to listen. And now that listening, God's going to start getting people into your world and you're going to start talking about some of the strength, some of the, some of the battles you had and you're going to help some people through. God's not finished with you yet. It's just begun, sir. He wants, you, he wants you to tell your difficult stories as well as the great stories. Because there's pain that you've got over. You're still here in spite of the pain. And the grace of God's on you.
Paul went out of the church to Antioch and he saw the grace that was on He saw the power that was on There's power on you, sir. And out of that power on you is going to come the grace and the mercy. Father God. Visit her. They don't need a sermon. They just need words of love. Where's my new daddy? Where is he? Where is he? Oh, he's gone out. Tell him I want him. Thank you for that, Lord. It's right. It's true. True. Dream a dream. Don't go to the past. Too small. It holds you back. Just your past. You're in Christ. You're going to build a language that's in Christ. God's going to give you power over the struggles you've had in your mind. You struggle in your mind at times with your identification. But you're going, to, you're going to see yourself in Christ. You're taking it out of the past into the future. The way it is. Thank you for the praise of God. Thank you for the Holy Ghost of God. It is. Little lady, can I pray for you? Come. Yes, yes. Yeah, you. you. Yeah. Yep, that's it. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Father. I break that off in spirit right off. I break it right off her. I break it right off her. I think with the Father heart of God. The Father heart of God comes into her. My God. Who's the person that has, you have strong, uh, you have, uh, it's like a, what's the word I'm trying to think of? You, you got a, a gastro problem in your chest and you have, you, have, you have a lot of wind up in your top in your chest. Who's that person? Is that you? Come, come, let me pray with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to everybody have a drink of the. How long you had that for? Uh, that's a few months now. Loose it! Right off. I break it right off her in Jesus' name. Right off her in Jesus' name. And there's someone having violence. You have violence in dreams. You have dreams, but they're violent dreams. So who's that person? Please let me pray for you. Not, that's coming off. Who's that person? You had that for a long time. Yeah. My God. Every night. Sorry? Every night. Every night. Where you can wave goodbye to them. Yeah. But you're not having them anymore. Father God, I thank you right now. Your delivering power. Your delivering power. Your delivering power. Your delivering power. Loose her. Come right off. Come right off her. Right off her in Jesus' name. Yeah, that's better. Thank you, Lord. 
visit her, visit her, visit her. My God. My God. You know, this sounds a really strange word. You've had a neighbor, someone's had a neighbor and, it's been, and that neighbor's been very violent, very aggressive, and it's, it's caused a lot of fear in you. Who's that person? Someone's got, I know that it's right. Someone has that. Who's, who's that person? It might have been some time ago, but you had lived with, it, with the effects of that. I, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. I just want you to, I just want you right now to go to the, go to the love of God. Go to the love of God. Right now. Just go to the love of God. 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 You're going to go to the love of God. You're going to the love of God. You're going to the love of God. You're going to the love of God. Go to the love of God. Go to the love of God. Go to the love of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You better get used to this. You're going to see a lot more than you've ever seen it. Little lady, I want you just, I just, Little lady, I just want you. I just want you to go to the love of God right now. Little lady, listen, listen to me. Just, just listen to me for a moment. Just listen to me. Right now, your daddy is just loving on you right now. He's 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 loving on everybody right now. He's loving on you. He's loving on you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the Spirit of God. I'm meant to be finished, am I? Hmm? Keep going. You know I'm double pay after. <laughs> I'm just, if you visit, I'm just joking. I would do this for nothing. I would. I love this couple. You're better when you're sleeping. <laughs> and, and this is a beautiful woman because I've got to stay another night so she's the most beautiful woman on the planet. I just got something for you right now. I love this. You're right. I placed the word knowledge in her. Can I have a back, please? I place the spirit of discernment yes. in her. <laughs> Some of you are going to sit around here, aren't you? One more time. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Prophesy. I can see them walking in, 
walking up to you and you're immediately getting a word over their life. And boldness. I said boldness. Absolute boldness. Come with me for a minute. Come on, we're going for a walk. Come on. We're going for a walk. Take your hand. Take the other hand. Take the hand. You say to Jesus. Jesus. What's on me? What's on me? It's on her too. It's on you too. Blown her. Blown again. Outfit, isn't it? Take your hand. Say Jesus. Jesus. That same anointing. The same anointing. It's on me. It's on me. I release it now. I release it now. Thank you, Jesus. Take it, just take it, 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 take it. Bold. 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 Yeah. He's changing the nappies. You change nappies. Don't. Did I ever change a nappy? I'm sorry. I'm glad you're able to say it all these years. I don't have to do it now. You change. He changed the nappy. Hey, listen. Hear this. I'm summoning you into the courtroom of heaven. Understand this, says God. I've come to summon you into the courtroom of heaven where we are going to arrest the enemy. Understand this, says God. I'm going to put a discernment inside of you. And I'm going to stand you in front of those that have no way forward. And I'm going to cause you, says God, to open the door for those in this world that have not known me, but through acts of my grace and power, you are going to bring blessing and a doorway, opportunities for those. Understand the day of your assignment. Understand, says God, my spirit will come on you and I will lead you and I will guide you and I'll put you in front of those who are in trouble. And by the word of wisdom and understanding, 
you shall open the prison gates for them. This is the day of your appointment. Visit him. This is your summonsing, says God. Don't say there's another day. I will speak in the silence of your own heart. I was, you got to understand, it's the power of God on us that makes the difference. I was uh, asked to go and visit a, a very successful businessman in Sydney. He owns most of the, the biggest restaurants down the waterfront. And I walked into his office and, as usual, the Spirit of God comes on me and I start to cry. I felt really embarrassed because this guy doesn't know me from a bar of soap. Start to cry. And I say to him, you are going to win your case. This guy was in a court case with New South Wales government and he won it. Now he's got another case with a, some of the most wealthiest lawyer companies in Australia. It's still in the courts, but they say if he wins this case, some of the finest lawyers in the country are going to go to jail. That's justice. What I'm trying to say is God's got you marked to carry the presence and the power of God. I'm not doing this because, I, because, I, because of a ministry. I'm doing it because I'm Ferg, connected to the power of God. Can you hear me? Would you please stop looking at me as some visiting ministry? I'm Ferg with a call on my life. Like you've got a call on your life. And some of you don't wake up to this today and start understanding that it's the, it's, it's the power of the presence. 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 It's the power of your presence. My God. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's what's on you. And you start calling on that what's on you. And you're going to start opening doors that are shut. There's some doors that have been shut that have to open. The enemy sees your potential and has shut some doors, but the spirit of wisdom on you is going to open those doors. Don't be intimidated by what the Holy Spirit does with you. Ultimately, you're his. This is your finest hour, not your darkest. Let the prophetic annoyance on my life come over here. Yes, 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 yes. You haven't seen anything yet. Thank you, Lord. God's coming to help you with your confidence. Don't look back. Don't be afraid to hang around someone who's got some stuff together. And God, I can tell you, two years from now, you're going to be a different man. You're going to be a totally different man. You're going to see our different eyes. 
you past got nothing to do with your future. It's on me, Father. I place it on him. I place it on him. What's on me, I place it on him. I think tonight we're going to have a Holy Ghost tonight. I'm running out of time this morning. I can feel it on me. It's I can feel on me now. Bold, fearless, confident. Bold, fearless. Now, I'm free. I'm free. Yeah, I'm free. Before we go, I want everyone just to stand up. You know, this is not a show. I'm desperate to get this on somebody. You can take it off me. 95. 9.95. God told me to run to the nations at 20, 10 o'clock in the morning. On a Tuesday morning. In my office. God visited me. Told me to run to the nations and power his people. I've tried to do that for 25 years. I've seen some people pick it up and they're still running with it. But the people I expect to get it are you, people like yourself, ordinary night people. Say, I'm ready. Could you say with more attitude, please? I'm ready. Would you run with his power? Let me hear say, the power of God's on me. Power of God's in me. Power of God's in me. Say, this. look out, here I come. Yeah. Spirit of God's hovering over this place right now. I can see people is on. I can see it sitting on certain people right now. But for us all to take, just look up. So I thank you, Lord, for clothing me with your presence, with your glory. Receive. Receive. Walk in it. Live in it. Declare it. Proclaim it.
Live in it. Proclaim it. Prophesy. I release the word of knowledge into people. I place it in him. In him. And place it over him. I release discernment. I release the spirit of wisdom. Receive it. More anointing. 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 Nurture it, church. There's nothing more valuable. The anointing changed an unknown world in Jesus' day. It was the anointing The Spirit of God's on you. Say, I thirst for the anointing. I hunger for it. I want more of it. Okay, I've got to go. But listen, church, I'm telling you this. You'll wake up tomorrow in an ordinary frame of mind if you don't start talking. The same kind of language. I talked this for 15 years. Finally, by the time of 15 years turned back, all my negative thinking had gone. Well, most of it. And I replaced it with the Word of God and with the anointing of God. You got a, you got a choice to take home today the anointing of God and Nurture it, love it. You quench the Spirit of God by paying Him no attention. I said, you quench the Spirit of God by paying Him no attention, not giving His right to you. He has a right to you today. There's signs and wonders inside of your life. Just the same as I am. I'm a believer like you are. And I pray, pray tonight you'll get back tonight. Let's have a real night. See what the Holy Spirit does tonight. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's just give it up for Ferg and Judy. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Awesome.